Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> Winter's really here now. We might as well face it. That means plenty of snow and rain, so I hope your kitchen floors are well protected. And I do mean with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Perhaps you haven't used glow coat lately. If not, you'll be surprised all over again how quick and easy it is to wax protect your linoleum with this old favorite. There's no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. In 20 minutes, Johnson's glow coat forms a tough, shining coat of wax over every inch of your floor. Right away, your linoleum is bright and new-looking, its colors fresh and clear. And from that moment on, your floor troubles are practically over. With regular glow coat protection, dirt, muddy footprints, and spilled things wipe up easily. Yes, glow coat is the easiest way I know to keep your floors looking nice. But look, for a brighter shine that will really last, be sure to get Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. There's a certain type of man who just loves a good fight if somebody else does it. They are students of the Let's You and Him Fight School. And here's one of the type right now who shall remain nameless, unless you want to call him Mr. McGee, of Fibber McGee and Molly. Hello? Hello? Oh, what's say, Doc? Well, I just wanted to call you and tell you what Latrivia says about you. He says, and I quote, If Dr. Gamble doesn't stop annoying Miss Fifi Tremaine with his attentions, I'm going to take steps. Unquote. No, I don't know what he meant, Doc, but it sounds pretty sinister. Okay, boy, it's all in friendship. Just exactly what are you trying to do, dearie? What do you mean? I mean that for months now you've been needling the doctor about the mayor and ribbing the mayor about the doctor. What's the object of this campaign? Just going to get a little action into that love affair, that's all. Poor Fifi's romance has about as much color in it as the bottom of a halibut. <laughs> well, I'll fix that. Hand me the phone. You still got it. Oh. And I warn you, McGee, one of these days you'll be shopping for a new nose. Hello, operator. Give me the mayor at the city hall. Hello, Latrivia. What's the matter, Latrivia? You got a call? Oh, his secretary. Look, sis, give me the mayor. It's an emergency. <laughs> an emergency. It's about as urgent as a bartender at a revival. <laughs> Hello, Latriv. This is McGee speaking. Look, buddy, as a friend of yours, I want to put you hep to something. Doc Gamble is making trouble for you. And this comes from an authority on troublemaking, too. What say, Latriv? Now, don't get me wrong, boy. I'm just telling you. This is for your own good. I'm a success as a husband, you know. Ah, McGee, the great lover. Tell him how you caught the measles on our honeymoon, dearie. Now, get this, Latriv. Doc's been telling around town that if you don't get out of Fifi Tremaine's life, he's going to have the grand jury investigate your black market activities. Okay, boy, it's all in friendship. Friendship. Heavenly days. What an elastic term. McGee, what's this about the mayor and the black market? Why, he's as honest as anybody in the world, and you know it. He's involved, all right. You know that market at 14th and Oak? Yes, but what's that? That belongs to Latrivia's cousin, Benny Black. 
Latrivia loaned him the dough to buy it. <laughs> oh, dear. See how I work, baby? Take a grain of truth, add a hunk of imagination, stir with a heavy hand, and presto, dynamite. Mm. <laughs> I think you're stirring up a batch of TNT that's going to blow your ears off, dearie. Don't you worry about me, pretty. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm going to get them two Airedales acting like wolves if it takes every trick in the bag. Otherwise, poor Fifi's going to spend her old age sitting by the window wondering if she used the wrong perfume. <laughs> well, just the same, I... Uh-oh. Somebody's the door, McGee. And it may either be the doctor or the mayor. Now, I'm going upstairs so I won't have to see you lying here in a pool of tea. Now, be careful, dear. You just leave it to me, love boat. I can handle this. Ah, there goes a good kid. I'd fight Sitting Bull himself for her fair hand. Any other Indian as old as Sitting Bull must be by now. (laughs) Hi, George. Come in. Hi, mister. Huh? Oh, hi there, little girl. Better not stick around too long now, Teeny. I'm expecting two guys along any minute with long, sharp knives in their hands. Oh, gee, honest? They're painfully honest, sis. Otherwise, they wouldn't be naive enough to fall, to fall for my shenanigans. What you got there, sis? <laughs> this is a dolly, mister. Oh. His name is Henrietta. He's named after my cousin, Wilbur. <laughs> now, wait a minute, sis. In the first place, Henrietta is a girl's name. I know it. But you says his name is Henrietta. Sure, it's a boy doll. But you says you named him after your cousin Wilbur. I know it. Well, then why didn't you name the doll Wilbur? Well, Wilbur isn't a girl's name. <laughs> oh. Hmm? Never mind. Incidentally, sis, your doll seems to be a little beat up. Why don't you toss her in the ash can and ask Santa Claus for a new one? Oh, I gotta get it fixed, mister. Our teacher, Miss Yegley, told us to fix up all our old toys and bring them to school and we'd send them to the poor little children that maybe Santa Claus wouldn't get around to. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, sis. Sure it is, I bet you. Miss Yeagley says that Santa Claus and his reindeers fly so high that sometimes he can only see the houses with the biggest chimneys. <laughs> I never thought of that, sis. That explains a lot of things. Sure. Miss Yeagley says Santa Claus depends a lot on people who are down on the ground where they can see the little houses. Sis, that teacher of yours is all right. Mm-hmm. How those women can give you kids such high ideas on such low salaries is a mystery to me. <laughs> give me that doll. Well, uh, hmm? I'll fix it for you. I got a basement full of tools and time on my hands. Oh, gee, thanks, mister. You're wonderful, I bet you. Nah, I just like to tinker around, sis. Very handy with tools. Mm-hmm. Tell all your schoolmates to leave their busted toys with me. I'll fix all of them up for them. Oh, boy, thanks, mister. Uh, Miss Yeagley's gonna be awful happy about this, I bet you. She is, eh? Hmm? I said she is, eh? It's fine. She's going to be awful happy about it. Oh. Miss Yagley! I know it. <laughs> yeah. Miss Yagley told us why Santa Claus grew that big white beard. It's for padding. Padding? Sure. She says he got tired of taking it on the chin from people who wouldn't cooperate. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, mister. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Cute kid. She's always a... Hey, what have I got myself into? I don't know anything about fixing toys. Why don't I keep my big mouth shut? (laughs) 
the King's Men sing Red River Valley. Oh, my darling, I know you are leaving. Though you say it is just for a while. But, my darling, you know I'll be grieving for the sound of your voice and your smile. I have waited a long time, my darling, 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 for the words that you never would say. Now I know that my dreams are Come back to a heart that is true. I'll be here in the Red River Valley. I'll be waiting, my Get away from that telephone long enough to... Shh, I got Latrivia. Oh, dear. Hi, Latriv. This is McGee again. Huh? What do you mean, quit calling you up with this nonsense? What's so nonsensical about another guy walking away with the girl you love? Listen to Cupid poisoning his arrowheads. <laughs> Look, Latriv, this is serious. You know that big photo of you that Fifi Tremaine keeps on her piano? Well, for your private information, Doc Gamble drew a mustache and a derby on it. Yeah. Makes you look like a tout at a dog track. <laughs> okay, boy, it's all in friendship <laughs> Ah, that got him, Molly He's sore as a foot full of thumbtacks Now, McGee, this is horrible You'll have those two men shooting at each other on sight McGee, who are you calling now? I'm going to call Doc Gamble Tell him what Latrivia did to his picture on Fifi's piano <laughs> You know, drew a mustache and a derby hat on it But that's what you told the mayor Dr. Gamble did to his picture <laughs> Yeah, you get it? Get him so confused, nobody will know who done what that's why I figured if I... Oh, dear, maybe this is one of them now. Well, I hope so. I can needle them much better in person. Come in. Well, oh. heavenly days of addition, Mrs. Carstairs. Do come in, Mrs. Carstairs. How do you do, my dear? Good day, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carsty. Haven't seen you since the Johnstown flood. Where you been? In Europe, Mr. McGee. Oh. Mr. Carstairs had business in London, and then we went to the south of France where I purchased a chateau. Oh, my goodness, how wonderful, Millicent. Is that it you got on, Karsty? Because <laughs> if you paid more than 30 francs for it, you got slugged. I saw one just like it in the window of the Bonton for four ninety-eight, and I'm sure if you... I did not say chapeau, Mr. McGee. I said chateau. Sure. Oh. That's a French castle, dearie. Oh, I see. Architecture by Louis XIV and plumbing by Dracula. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I seen one of them when I was in France in 1918. <laughs> it explains why they drink wine instead of water over there. <laughs> they got pipes in them joints that were rusty when Joan built the ark. <laughs> My chateau is a very modern structure, Mr. McGee. Very modern. It has three drawing rooms, 22 guest rooms, crystal chandeliers throughout, and a dungeon. A dungeon, eh? Yes, you must come over and visit us sometime. <laughs> uh, Millicent, uh, did you fly or go by boat? Oh, we flew over and returned on the Queen Elizabeth, my dear. I went by clipper to France when I was in the First World War, Karsty. McGee, they didn't have transatlantic airplanes then. Oh, I didn't fly. I was company barber on a troop ship. <laughs> well, it's nice seeing you again, Karsty. Thank you, Mr. McGee. It's good to be home. One gets rather weary of passport visas, customs inspections, and keeping track of 39 pieces of luggage. Heavenly days, Millicent. Do you travel with 39 pieces of luggage? Oh, no, my dear, just a trunk. But they dropped it on the dock, and we could only find 39 pieces of it. <laughs> well, do come over for dinner some evening. Make it Thursday, 8.30ish, black tie. Eight-what-ish? Eight-thirty-ish, dearie. That's British for about nine o'clock. And black tie means you have to wear your tuxedo, which means we can't go. Why does it? I look very good in a tuxedo. Many time I've been mistaken for a waiter or a saxophone player. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but the moths have been at your dinner coat. The lapels look like they'd been worn by a clay pigeon at a skeet shoot. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to go over there for dinner anyway. Too fancy. I always feel... Hey, I got to call Doc. I'm letting this feud get cool. Hand me the phone. No, no, I'll have nothing to do with it. Okay, but when Fifi Tremaine gives you a slice of wedding cake, remember who cooked it up. I'm the guy that figured... Hello, folks. Am I intruding? Not at all, Mr. Wilcox. Not at all. In fact, a friend may come in very useful in a short time, especially if he knows his first aid. Hi, Junior. Have a chair. A ringside seat. For what, pal? I'm promoting a grudge fight between Slugger Gamble, the chloroform kid, and one round Latrivia, the fiend of the people. <laughs> Read that again. Huh? Oh, the friend of the people. <laughs> hey, uh, what's all this all about? Is Doc sore at the mayor? Well, if he isn't, it ain't my fault, Junior. I've been knifing him from all directions. <laughs> I got Gamble so steamed up, he whistles at grade crossing. <laughs> well, I still don't know what's going on. Look, Junior, Gamble and the mayor are both socks over garters in love with Fifi Tremaine, see? And what are they doing about it? Nothing. So I'm going to get them mad at each other so they'll start swinging. Mm-hmm. One of them will marry Fifi just to spite the other one. Well, now, that's a grand foundation for matrimony, I must say. Huh? They'll hate each other before they get out of the church. Oh, no, they won't. My psychology is very sound. She marries one man, and the other man will be a best man, and the best man will always wonder if the groom wasn't the best man, and the best man will always know he should have been the groom. (laughs) It creates uncertainty, which causes doubt, which means nobody knows the answer, and if everybody knew all the answers, who'd ever get married? (laughs) Well, I think you're talking through your fedora, pal. Personally, I think certainty is a valuable asset in marriage. Do you, Mr. Wilcox? Sure. 
My wife knows there's only one thing in the world as important to me as she is. My gosh, what's that, Junior? Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. <laughs> you mean glow coat is just as important to you as your wife, Mr. Wilcox? Well, I've known glow coat longer, Molly. <laughs> then, too, I can get Johnson's glow coat at a hundred stores in this town, but my wife might be in any one of them. I never know which one. Yeah, but My I... wife takes an hour and a half to take a bath. Yeah. Glow coat dries in 20 minutes or less. <laughs> If my wife spills a drop of coffee on her gown, she's horrified. Yeah, but... But spots can be wiped up from a glow-coated floor with the greatest of ease. Well, even so, I don't quite Johnson's see... Johnson's glow coat requires no rubbing or buffing. Yeah. And my wife spends hours and hours with the masseuse and the manicurist. Yeah, but what that got to do... Furthermore... With... <laughs> furthermore, glow coat can restore life and sparkling beauty to a worn and shabby old linoleum. Can my wife do that? Yes, but how? With glow coat. Oh. You see, it's indispensable to her, and what's indispensable to her is indispensable to me. That's why we're happy, son. Common interests. So don't you go monkeying into love affairs until you talk to me or Racine. Well, now I am confused. What was he advising, McGee? I don't know, but I ain't the type of guy that takes advice anyway. I'm the type of guy that dishes it out. Now, look, Doc is coming over here in a little while, and I'm going to get Latrivia over here, too, at the same time. Oh, him. no, no, dearie. Not all over my fine carpet. <laughs> my goodness, they'll... Hot dog, that must be Doc. Stick around, kiddo, while I turn love's young dream into a nightmare. Come in. Oh, it's Mr. Wimple. Come in, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. You got any dueling pistols, Wimp? Dueling pistols? Heavenly days. No, I haven't, Mr. McGee. Oh. I've got a little glass pistol full of jelly beans, though. <laughs> it went off this morning, and I almost got killed. Got killed? With a pistol full of candy? Yes. I was hiding on top of the bookcase with it, and Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. <laughs> yes, we've heard you mention her. Sweetie Face was looking for me, and my hand slipped, and... My little pistol went off the bookcase and hit her on the head. Oh, am I in trouble. My goodness, you don't have much fun in your life, do you, Mr. Wimple? I hope you had a happy childhood, at least. Oh, I suppose my childhood was nice, Mrs. McGee, although I was too young to really appreciate it. I was the youngest child in our family, in fact. That happens to some kid in every family, Wimp. Most of them break their necks to grow up so they can wish they were kids again. <laughs> yes, I often wish I were five years old again. Why five years old, Mr. Wimple? Well, I wouldn't be married for one thing. In fact, at that age, I wouldn't be married for anything. <laughs> I did have a lot of nice toys as a child, though. I had tiddlywinks and a yo-yo and a bike-like. A bike-like? What's a bike-like? Like a tricycle, only with just two wheels. Oh, Oh, I was a toughie in those days. Were you really? I really was, Mrs. McGee. I used to throw snowballs with coal in them and big rocks. Not you, Mr. Wimple. Yes. But one year, some boys made a big snowball and threw it clear through our front window. And that broke me of that all right. Flung it through your window? My gosh, what was in that snowball, Wimp? Me. <laughs> My goodness, was I ever cold. <laughs> my, my family always referred to that day as the time Wallace came home stiff. Well, my...
Billy Mills in the orchestra and a gal in calico. This thing is coming to a head, Molly. <laughs> In just a few minutes, you'll see two respectable citizens mixing it up like a couple of kids from the car barn. Oh, game. now, McGee, why did you have to start all this furor? Oh, is that what you call friendship? Getting two men angry with each other? Oh. My goodness, you oh, oh. It's them. It's them. Retire to a neutral corner, Snooky. The gong is about to ring. Come in. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Doc, old pal. I was just... Where is he? Where's who, doctor? The gentleman who's been making all those underhanded remarks about me. The fellow who put a mustache and a derby hat on my photograph. Oh, he'll be here in a minute, Doc. If you mean Latrivia, the guy that says you smell like a fracture ward and haven't the social grace of a wounded moose, he'll be here in a minute. Uh -oh. That's probably him now, boys. Come in. Where is he? Hi, Latrib. Where's who? The chap who's been tearing my personal reputation to shreds. The one who's looking for trouble and is going to get it. Oh, dear. Now, now, now take it easy, fellas. Relax. We're all good friends here, remember? You wouldn't want to shake hands and forget the whole thing, would you? Of course you wouldn't. You may tell his honor that I don't care to shake hands. I just washed mine. Says he don't want to shake hands with you, Latrivia. Good. I don't care to shake hands with him, either. I'm wearing some rather valuable gold cufflinks. <laughs> he says he don't want to shake hands with you either, Doc. He's afraid you'll cop his jewelry. Oh, now, boys, look, if you'll only it's let no me... It's no use, Molly. It's no use. I've tried everything. <laughs> they know all about each other, and I'm afraid the only answer is to have it out. Man to man. Amen? You may tell... You may tell the mayor that I am ready any time, McGee. With guns, knives, or broken bottles. He says he'll take you on, Latrivia. Anything goes. That suits me, McGee. 
Tell the doctor to give you the address of his next of kin so you'll know where to ship the body. Heavenly days, gentlemen, this can't go on. We must just Molly, please. These guys are of age. They know what they're doing. You hear what Latrivia says, Doc? I did. And as the party of stronger physique and greater intelligence, I shall let my opponent choose the weapons. How's that, Latriv? What do you want to fight with? As befitting the primitive nature of my adversary, I would suggest hatchets. At two paces. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Besides, we only have one hatchet. How about carving knives? We've got a lot of carving knives. I object to carving knives. I don't want to waste time sterilizing them, and I never use unsterilized instruments. For goodness sakes, now, this is too, too silly. If you must have a fight, and I doubt the necessity, why don't you just roll up your sleeves, go down the basement, and act your ages, which would be about 12 years. Molly is right, McGee. We're grown men, and we should settle this matter like men. Ten rounds to a decision. Ten rounds to a decision. That's great, great. I'll be timekeeper. Now let's roll back the rug, lock the door. No, no. Huh? I object also. We cannot stage a brawl like this in the home of a friend. We can't even do it inside the corporate limits of the city. We both have our positions to consider. The mayor of the city and its leading position. Thank you, Your Honor. Not at all, Doctor. Hey, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> don't, don't go getting polite to each other. After all the trouble, I, I mean, look. How about Dugan's Lake? On the dock. Nobody will be there at this time of year. And the loser gets a good ducking. Why don't you all go out there and jump in and stop this nonsense? Dugan's Lake's all right with me. And me. Okay, I'll drive you both out there. You coming, Molly? No, you're all acting like school children. I refuse to go. Okay, we won't be long. So long. Come on, friends. Okay, there's nobody around Now you guys go out on the dock there I'll be with you as soon as I wind up my stopwatch Don't start swinging till I... Fine, fine Come on out and get it, Gamble Anytime you say But just a word, Latrivia Do you honestly think it was a little childish of you To draw a mustache on my photograph at Fifi's house? Certainly, I... What? Me draw... Why, McGee told me you drew a mustache on my photograph. Oh, he did, did he? Hmm. Another question. Did you ever tell him I smell like a fracture ward? A fracture ward? Yeah. Why, of course not. I never even noticed it, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Hmm. You know what I think, Your Honor? Mm-hmm. I think the same thing, Doctor. Oh, uh, McGee! Step over here a minute, will you, my boy? Sure, fellas. Now, here's the rule, see? All you gotta do is peel off your coats, roll up your sleeves, and lead with your left. When I say break, that ends the round. And, hey! hey Grab his legs, Doctor! I got him, I got him! Hey, 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 look out! Use candle, Mike! Try to stir up trouble, will you, loose hey, Wait, no, no, no! Come on, ah! Doc! One! No. Two! No. Three! Oh, this is re- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Have you?
you ever had this experience? You're visiting someone's home for the first time, and as you enter the living room, the first thing that catches your eye is the beautifully polished floor. It has a smooth, mellow luster, and the grain of the wood is so clear and lovely. Ask your hostess, and ten to one she'll tell you that for years her floor has been waxed regularly with genuine Johnson's wax. She may have used Johnson's paste wax or Johnson's liquid wax, but the point is, regular waxing has made that floor and all her floors increasingly beautiful through the years. You see, when you apply Johnson's wax to your floors, furniture, and woodwork, you give them a shining coat of protection. The wax takes the hard wear, and the finish underneath is guarded. You also save yourself many, many hours of housework, because dust and dirt don't stick to a satin-smooth Johnson-waxed surface. Just an occasional light dusting keeps your waxed home always clean and shining bright. Try it, won't you? Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. Now, it's a miracle you didn't catch pneumonia, dearie. Feel all right now? Have another cup of tea? No, no, thanks. I'm okay. <sighs> Who'd have thought them guys would get together on this thing? I consider that pretty underhanded. Look who's talking. Now, listen, tell Mother. Uh, what was your real idea behind this plot? Well, economy, to be honest. Economy? In what way? Christmas cards. <laughs> if I could have got one of them married to Fifi by Christmas, it would have... Save sending one card. Oh, good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. It's NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. 